So good evening and welcome to another session with NetForce Podcasts. Today I'm joined by a very special guest from Banco de Oro or from the banking industry. Uh, I'm handing it over to Mr. Mark Mantige. Say hello, Mark. Hi. Hi, hello. Uh, thanks for having me over here. Uh, and yeah, I'm happy to join you guys and uh, talk about what's currently relevant and, and hot in the, the digital world today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been a crazy, roughly about eight weeks already here in the Philippines with regards to the lockdown. And a lot of people have been trying to adjust. A lot of people have been sort of figuring out how they should go about work, to be honest. Has it, has it been eight weeks? I think almost everyone has lost count. The days kind of <laughs> melting through each other. Oh my God, yeah, I totally so, um, agree. Yeah. It's, it's, it's felt almost like a year, to be honest, for some people. It's long. So, it feels it's very been, long it's because a it's a new adjustment. Exactly, exactly. So starting off with our podcast, I think the first thing I'd really want to sort of find out is how have you been, Mark? Or how, how, how has your team uh, been throughout these past couple of weeks? Well, I think everyone uh, in the world is adjusting at yes. many different levels. Personally, yes. um, their families, their friends, their work environment. So um, all of this is, 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 is new. And, you know, people are creatures of habit. So um, adjusting to new ways of doing things is, is, is tough. It, it has a, a mental aspect to it. It has an emotional aspect to it. Um, and the fact that we're social creatures uh, will definitely have a major impact on how we conduct our daily lives, uh, not only with uh, our workmates, but with our friends, family, and, and everyone we, we, um, we interface with. Agreed, agreed. And now that you've mentioned impact, or now that you've mentioned um, how the lockdown has essentially you know, spread its effect throughout all different industries, how do you think work from home will affect companies here in the Philippines? Okay, well, that's a very loaded question. That's a very, um, there's, there's a, a, a big way to answer that question. But the running joke mm-hmm. uh, amongst my friends, both um, in, in many different industries, is that uh, COVID-19 has been the most effective digital transformation agent ever. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you hire the best digital transformation executives uh, anywhere in the world, they cannot compare to the speed and veracity that COVID-19 has, has had on, on, on work and life. So um, uh, basically, first of all, it, it, uh, COVID now, or the pandemic itself has had a, a wide array of, of effects, and they're both good and bad. So uh, uh, if, if we focus first on, on the good, um, I think companies realize uh, things that things aren't falling apart, even if their people are working from home. That yeah. was the common that was the common uh, fear that uh, working from home things will fall into anarchy, productivity will drop, and everything will fall apart. But mm-hmm. you know, like you said, eight weeks in, and things seem to be running. Most of the services that are still 
left running right now are running and uh, they've adjusted and uh, you know um uh, not only from internally meaning how the people who work in the organizations but also the people who patronize these organizations have adjusted accordingly so that's that's the first thing the first thing is things had didn't fall apart despite the fears so that's a big realization the second at the, the second one i think in my head is it opens the doors to um hiring new kinds of talent basically their uh, uh, companies realize that um it you don't have things since, since things didn't fall apart and productivity is, is remaining somewhat at, at, at the same par level, um, we're not, they're not limited to hiring people that are within the vicinity. So now uh, it opens the doors to hiring people that are farther, mm -hmm. maybe yeah. um, for local companies, for Manila-based or Metro Manila-based companies, they can now hire um, talent in the Visayas or Mindanao, which opens up a whole new a different range of, of talent and the way we interact with people. Um, it also opens up a wider geography. Why, why stop there? You can actually work with people who are not in the country. Yeah, the people have been complaining for a long time that the Philippines has suffered from a brain drain and people oh, yeah. uh, have left the country and, and gone abroad for better, for, for, for better opportunities. But, yeah. um, you know, now, you know, if they have spare time, we all know that our, our, our fellow Filipinos in, in, other, in other countries are very industrious. Sometimes they work two to three jobs. Um, so why not? They can keep, you know, a day job. And if they still need extra income, they can take on, they can take on work uh, for companies here in the Philippines at, uh, during the, uh, the flip hours on uh, the, 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 the time difference hours. And you'll be getting top-notch top-notch talent from elsewhere so those are two of the uh, immediate mm. it's, it's difficult to forecast yet the long-term effects of these yes, things for sure. the immediate effects would be that mm. now of course with anything um, there's also bad um, yeah. it's not it's not all one size fits all right um, now here's here's what uh, we've we've been seeing uh, that that uh, my friends, people in different industries have been seeing that uh, different people have different connectivity, and we all know that connectivity in the Philippines is uh, not as far as our Asian, um, our Southeast Asian um, counterparts, uh, our neighbors, right? Yeah. So uh, it really depends on what you can afford. If you can afford better quality internet, then your productivity won't suffer. Right. Mm -hmm. If you can, if if you if you're only working on on like entry level uh, connectivity, then you will feel that because the, you cannot handle video conferencing or even audio sometimes. Sometimes and most of the time, people are sharing. Uh, there are multiple people in the house using the same connection. So uh, that that's that's another thing. So uh, those are just some uh, industry. And 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 uh, corporate-wide mm. uh, uh, things that we've been seeing uh, from from uh, various sectors that um, productivity. There's an increase in productivity, but there's also a, a, a balancing factor where connectivity is is the most important uh, factor in keeping in keeping productivity up. 
definitely, definitely. Otherwise, you know, that whole running joke of us like losing everything, I think that's gonna come true. <laughs> right. So right. one thing I did sort of want to circle back to um, with uh, you mentioned earlier with talent, um, attracting talent, like gaining new talent from uh, from other regions or even from other countries. Uh, with regards to the industry. And I kind of wanted to get your opinion. Do you think because of the experience of the COVID-19 or because of the lockdown that everyone's been experiencing, do you, do you believe th there's a shift in talent or there's, there's a particular kind of talent that we need to look for as business owners or as leaders when it comes to adding new people into our teams uh, post this lockdown? Absolutely. I think you're hitting uh, a very critical point there. Uh, things when we talk about the new normal, that's mm. the buzz. That's the buzzword right yeah. now. The new normal that doesn't just apply to how we do things. That applies to um, the talent that that we source. Yes. Um, the, the talent that we need to source moving forward needs to be people that are self-starters. They can manage themselves. You don't need uh, micromanaging them. Would is not is not um, the best case because it's kind of difficult to micromanage when you're remote. Yep. Um. So they they basically need to be able to manage themselves. Uh. Keep on track. So so self starter is a a key a key um trait. Uh. Second yes. one is um being able to work with with teams that you don't necessarily see. Um, personally, right? Yeah. It's different. It's different when you're seeing them from a video screen because there's there's no there there there's a difference between touch and 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 that distance of that that yeah. that video that video screen. So um, being able to work with various teams uh, with their differing talents and different personalities that's that's key. So interpersonal interpersonal skills is is another one. Of course, being with, able to work with technology. It's another one, but I think the top one, the number one, the number one trait that will be uh, in demand will be the ability to, to um, constantly learn, to mm, continuously yeah. um, upgrade your skill sets. Because um, uh, before COVID nineteen, uh, obsolescence rate or the 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 speed at which um, new information and new technologies and new ways of doing things was already fast. How much more now where um, we have no choice but to work with technology? So the ability to learn uh, new things and the, the culture or the, or the trait that uh, constantly learning and upgrading one skill set is probably the most, will be the most in-demand skill um, moving forward or looking for talent. Mm, definitely, because I think so. I think one of the bigger, bigger learning, learning moments or learning points throughout this whole experience is that technology has really embedded itself itself in our lives, um, whether we do it for work or even for personal stuff. So right. I think being able to sort of adapt it and you know being able to learn quickly on it will not just help your career, but I think your overall. Um, your overall productivity in that situation, right? Um, I mean, people are are realizing today that uh, uh, they're even new grads. People who graduated maybe only two, three years ago are realizing that what they learned in college 
is already obsolete. So oh, constantly yeah. learning and upgrading your skill sets is, is, is key. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because like um, back when I was in college, there was no such thing as Uber or Grab yet. <laughs> like learning how to commute was still like a very key thing for me. <laughs> well, even commuting today, yeah. I mean, I think there's a, there's an app called Sakai. Where, oh, yeah, um, Sakai. Yeah, where you can you can you can you you can know the routes of jeepneys, buses. So uh, even that right now is 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 made easier. But uh, you should be able to know how to navigate that for for efficiency as well. Mm, agreed, agreed. And you know, t- it's 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 such an amazing thing that it's very accessible, isn't it? Um, yes. Especially given almost taken for granted. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, it's been taken for granted. Otherwise, you know. Um, I guess when you boil it down, it's really your willingness to learn all these new things because the accessibility and the learnability, to be honest, I mean, I think it's what I call dumb-proofed in a certain way. I mean, most technology is, especially when it comes to um, direct-to-consumer types of technology. So being able to learn learn to be able to... It needs to to be intuitive, uh, but at some point, there there are technologies and platforms that are consumer friendly mm. which are pretty intuitive there's very a very minimal learning curve but uh there are technologies that you use for work for uh for your professional work which oh yeah uh, a lot of them are intuitive but there there is a learning curve so the ability to adapt quickly and and to learn new platforms especially for professional uses not just consumer uses um uh, that's a, that's the key skill yes agreed now, I kind of want to ask another loaded question, if you don't mind, Mark. Um, it's one of those bigger questions that, you know, a lot of people are asking their bosses or are asking their leaders, essentially, because throughout this time, a lot of uncertainty has happened. Um, lots of people are losing their jobs, not just here, but across the world. And, you know, job security for um, companies is just very scary right now. So in your opinion, um, what do you think is the most important thing business leaders need to communicate to their customers? Sorry, not, not just customers per se, but also to their employees. Okay. Um, yes, uh, big uh, loaded question. But I think um, it's, it's a change uh, going back and tying it back to the new normal. Mm. The, the, the term new normal implies a cultural shift uh-huh. it implies uh, a change in paradigm so um employee employers or, or corporations are are doing their best to mm-hmm. um to to do their part you know we've seen them in 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 our news feeds uh big corporations are are cutting their fees to make to make services uh, more accessible during this pandemic, uh, uh, they're 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 giving their uh, employees uh, uh, they're continuing their employee salaries despite despite um, uh, the pandemic. So uh, there is going to be that there's a big cost to that mm. that doesn't come out of nowhere. So sooner or later there has to be also you know. Um, I know you said we should we should speak you know uh, mostly English here, but there is a, a Filipino term called malasakit, right? Oh yes. Where yes. Um, 
if if the corporations have paid it forward to their to their customers i think uh and their employees as well uh there needs to be malasakit as well or uh to a rough translation would be um uh doing your part as well yes. Yes. um and employees need to realize that they also need to do their part um in 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 the in what has been afforded to them by their employers now this can come in in many different forms um for example and i will tie this back to the first to your first question um now what we what what a lot of uh employed people who are working from home are realizing is that working from home implies longer working hours yep why mm. because uh you don't have that one hour morning commute and two hour uh commute going home uh you don't you don't have those those um uh walking to meetings or the the Burping long lunch break <laughs> yeah right if if you look at if you look at the typical 8 hour uh work day 8 to 9 hour work day i would say uh fairly only about 4 hours to 5 hours of that is um productive work like output mm. work the rest is lost in bathroom breaks um uh, uh food breaks that talking to 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 your colleagues um meetings uh things like that right uh but now those are all gone and and you have nothing but your computer in front of you your cell phone and and your zoom and your other meeting meeting platforms right yeah. so um longer hours uh so a lot of people are complaining that hey i'm i'm a lot there i'm doing a lot more work now the the actual output is a lot more i deserve more but uh realize that that is part of the malasakit that comes along with it maybe later on there will be an adjustment when when this has uh, gone on long enough and then hr hrs have had the ability to um to measure actual output and productivity and realize that hey we can we can lax on certain things and we can we can write new policies but for now i think people just need to uh, realize that this new normal will take time to actually truly normalize so that's one thing the longer hours uh there's a productivity gain mm. um there's going to be probably poorer work life balance mm, uh yeah. because how can you really determine when work starts and life ends and 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 life starts right Okay. so it, it those 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 lines are blurred um at the same time uh, productivity will be hampered by home life you know kids uh crying needing to be changed uh fed uh things like that that you don't normally uh, uh you know see until uh, deal with until you get back home that that's yeah. another thing so uh there's a lot so flexibility options continue you know all of these things um uh will still be a very steep learning curve uh in the months to come definitely so i think like to summarize you, i think you you actually summarized it quite well the the malasakit part or to be able to do our part um especially during these uncertain times i think will definitely not just help the company but you know um help everyone sort of bring each other up when when this whole right. thing ends it, to be it honest. all trickles down i believe uh, yeah. we're we're all in the we're all in the uh job of rebuilding the country
exactly exactly and you know in the wider in the wider mind to rebuild the world to be honest <laughs> absolutely Absolutely. Yeah, so to sort of segue, I wanted to sort of segue into a, another topic, but kind of continuing on the communication angle. Um, based on experience with this COVID, I think people are experiencing new ways and different ways of communicating with each other. So people are using Zoom, of course. People are getting used to MS Teams and a bunch of other platforms. Um, but with regards to the banking industry or with commerce in general, do you think? Um, people will have a different way of trying to do commerce in the future or uh, do commerce today in the country? Well, yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, mm. Because if, if, if we take it, if we connect it to working from home, mm. working from home, if you boil it down, is essentially a communication ecosystem. Yes. Right. It is uh, a new means of communicating uh, between you and your workmates and your bosses and your teams. So if, if you take one ecosystem, which is working from home, which is nothing but a new, new means of communicating, then obviously that also extends to how commerce is, is going to be done. Mm. Uh, commerce, before there's an exchange of goods and services for money, there is communication first. You cannot make that exchange without communicating what you will exchange, right? Right. So um, in, with the lack of, of person or in-person um, uh, communication and mostly moving to digital, then the communication paradigms or the communication ecosystems to, to enable commerce to continue will definitely have to change. And I'm already speaking in hindsight because that has changed already mm -hmm. today. Um, overnight, uh, stores, uh, both neighborhood stores at the mom and pop level, yeah. all the way to big chains had to, in a span of one to two weeks, change their predominantly in-person retail-based um, commerce to um, a digital form of commerce. Either that or they close shop, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, so um, commerce is going to be affected forevermore uh, moving forward in this new normal. And uh, the commerce part, uh, like, like I said earlier, the actual exchange of goods and services for money, well, that's, that's old school. That's been there already. Mm. Um, that is in the form of either uh, a payment gateway, um, uh, a shopping cart, uh, or any form of a digital transaction. But again, before you can even make that sale, you have to be in front of the customer. You have to be at the top of mind of the customer. You have the, the customer must be able to research uh, the good or the service that they, that they are considering to procure from you. So before, the, actually the commerce or the exchange of good is, is the last mile, okay? That is the last part of the entire chain of events that needs to happen. 99% of what happens before the commerce part is the communication part. So I believe that there's going to be a communication revolution and a, ch a, a, a change in the paradigms uh, and ecosystems of how um, uh, companies will communicate with buyers. Yes. 
I definitely agree with that revolution part. I mean, I think we've, we saw sort of like embers of it uh, way back in the 90s when, when the internet was sort of just gaining ground here in the country. Um, but today, I mean, 20 or actually 30 years. Wow, I'm old, sorry. <laughs> but like 30 I'm years. I'm old, ain't no worries. <laughs> oh, no. But 30 years later, I mean, I think one of the more, one of the hotter topics or buzzwords, rather, when it comes to communication today is personalization. Now, from what we've understood uh, with regards to personalization, it's it's the sort of bringing relevant content to your user or to your customer at the right time, at the right moment, and in the right context. But a lot of people have been sort of still debating on personalization as a whole, to be honest. Like, is it a good thing? Um, is it really that effective? And I kind of wanted to pick your brain on that. Do you, because do you think personalization itself will even make a sort of dent in the next, I don't know, let's say 12 months or one year? Okay, uh, good question. Um, before I answer that, let's take a step back. So, yes, um, this pandemic, this pandemic has, uh, come on strong and hard and forced sellers and buyers to go online. Case in point, uh, seniors, uh, my, my, my dad, my father is a senior citizen that refuses to do online banking that has refused to put his credit card online because he still has a classic fear of of, of his, his information being stolen. Mm, I think yeah. two, three days ago, we celebrated via Viber that he finally made his first uh, e-commerce purchase wow. on his own um, because he had no choice. You know, um, mm. Before, he would ask me to make his, his purchases for him online. Uh, but uh, me being very busy with, with work from home responsibilities, um, some, he, he, he has no choice but to uh, do it himself. So uh, what, what the pandemic has done is has forced people, people, people who are even not the, their market, not, not the market for e-commerce, to go online, mm. right? right? So now you have a very large and diverse base, customer base. And each of them have their own communication styles or preferences, their own colloquial language, their own, uh, uh, their own tastes and preferences. Um, and just like, just like um, one-size-fits-all clothes, one-size-fits-all clothes are the ugliest clothes I've ever seen, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, because they never, if one-size-fits-all, then chances are it, it what happens is it doesn't fit anyone mm. because if you try to make the same clothes fit everyone it just looks ugly on everyone rather the best the best clothes are the ones that are are bespoke the ones that are fitted out to 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 the, to, to the person who is wearing them and that is the exact same thing with communication let's not even talk about personalization yet yeah. imagine Imagine brands today um, not using the vernacular or the wording or the, the, the image model or the colors, everything that has to do with branding that, that connects with their target segment or their target persona, 
right? Yes. It would be a nightmare. It would be uh, a marketing failure. Yes. Um, so why, why would it be any different, if any different for e-commerce or not even e-commerce to, to um, any business that is now being forced to go online, big or small? So in short, since everyone is going online, buyers and sellers, everyone is being forced and being forced trained to use online. There's a diverse base and this diverse base needs to be communicated with in their own way. So um, that in itself is self, it will answer your question that personalization is a must. Mm -hmm. However, personalization is, is, uh, is a very mature um, marketing uh, initiative, oh, if, okay. if, if I may call it that, right? Yeah. Uh, many companies today, big and small, are not at the maturity level to take on personalization. Oh, okay. It, so, it takes a certain level of savvy mm. um, to be able to execute personalization well. Uh, but I believe that there are uh, solutions out there that make it easier for companies who are starting to dabble or starting to consider uh, personalization because it is not an if, it's a when uh, they will implement personalization um, that, uh, that will help them uh, cross that, that bridge. Very good. Very good point. I mean, if it, I like, I like your comment of it's not an if it's a when and when you miss that train or you miss that opportunity, I think you're going to, I think it's going to be very hard to bounce back to that, with that kind of um, thinking. COVID, COVID has shown that. COVID yeah, has, exactly. has, has made that blatantly clear. People who have been putting off their, or people, uh, corporations that have been putting off their digital transformation are the ones hit worst by this um, pandemic. And, uh, what COVID did, in fact, is it didn't introduce something new. It just sped it up. Mm, so yes. um, the, the, there was a runway, if you, if, if you, can, if you can use that analogy. Uh, most companies have, a, have this runway, right? Mm -hmm. That they have this amount of time that they can buy themselves to be able to transform digitally. And before COVID, they had a long runway. They can say, okay, we can di do digital transformation in next year or maybe in 2022, right? And yeah. siguro, uh, maybe, maybe if COVID didn't hit, that would still be feasible. But the only thing COVID did in, 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 in terms of digital transformation was to hasten that, to, to cut the runway and say, ah, you don't have that much time anymore. That, that, is, that, that has been brought sooner. That, mm. that, that, uh, that day of reckoning has been brought sooner. And that's exactly the same case with um, personalization. Um, right now, there is a runway, but that runway is getting shorter and shorter because personalization is a must. Definitely, definitely. And to be honest, if you're not even aware of what personalization is, I think that's going to set you back even more. <laughs> And right, just like what I said earlier, it, it takes a certain level savvy. of um, uh, 
maturity. maybe marketing or digital maturity mm. to to even be aware of the idea of personalization. You have to maybe have crossed crossed the bridge of um, of of uh, learning your um, your cost per acquisition first, or maybe learning mm. learning how to setting up your segmentation, setting up your um, learning your return on asset spend or returning return on ad spend mm. or learning um you know uh even as simple as attribution being able to attribute every peso spent uh to a sale and 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 trace that uh every return to uh, of marketing spend it's not it's not like the old days where you could you could say brand lift or 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 recognition it has to be every peso i spend uh, this is what I get back in terms of customer acquisition. So if you haven't, if you haven't even uh, broached those those milestones, then the idea of personalization may not even cross your um, your path yet. Uh, it, there's a natural progression to it. Now, by the time you've exhausted those 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 uh, milestones and you've crossed those those milestones already, then then you're going to be itching for what's next. How can I take this to the next level? And the only, the only answer, I think all roads lead to personalization. Yes. So to anyone who's listening to our podcast, please do take note. Personalization is not a question of if, it's a when. And with that regard, um, I think that would be a wonderful way to sort of um, end our podcast. So, uh, Mark, before I sign off, um, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share? No, um, uh, everything we've discussed so far, I think uh, yeah, the new normal will require a lot of um, emotional, mental, um, spiritual strength from everyone mm. um, to to be able to adjust to this. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get through this together. Um, I wish everyone good health. I wish everyone um, all the success. Uh, and I and in tying this back to communication, I think the best communication, whether personalized or or, or targeted, is is the honest kind of communication. I think that's what um, that's what we need right now um, to get through this together. Definitely. And with that note, I'd like to officially thank. Mark Bantiga for joining us today in our session. Um, Thanks for I, having me. Yeah, thank you so much. You've been a wonderful uh, speaker today. So uh, to the wider audience uh, listening, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you all stay safe.